perfect. So I'm, last night, I'm just putting the, putting the uh, just, you know, getting a tearjerker poem to throw in at the end and, uh, and you know, just putting the ribbons on the message. And uh, I get a text from Walker. and He's like, man, <laughs> that's how Walker texts. Too. He doesn't just talk that way. He's, <laughs> he's like, they're singing this song in worship tomorrow and I'm going to get up and read this scripture. And uh, after, you know, for the, for the greeting. And I was like, and so I read it. And I don't know, when I read it, I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. And I was like, man, Walker, why did you have to do that to me? It's 10 o'clock at night on Saturday. So here we are. So whatever this message is, good or bad, it's Walker's fault. I take that back. If it's good, then it's just the blessing of the Lord in my life. If it's subpar, we'll just blame Pastor Walker. But, but that scripture that he sent me and I read and I felt like the Holy Spirit speak to me. Um, so let's get right to it, Bradley. Um, the, uh, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 9. It's already been read. We're going to read it again to refresh our memories. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them. <clears throat> Somebody just asked me to share the password. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, with your device. Maybe I should unhook from Wi-Fi. I'm sorry. <laughs> Starting over. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out of the spirit, by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you. And you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it today. As I preach, Lord, do that today. I'm sorry, I just had to pray there for a minute. Uh, I looked in tendons and flesh, or I'm sorry, there was a sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. Lord, I thank you for the scripture. I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that it would come alive to us today. God, that, that as we read your word, God, as we, as we meditate on this for just a few moments, God, that it would come alive to us today. God, that we would begin to apply this to our life. Lord, I pray that your spirit would come. Lord, just like it did uh, in Ezekiel's vision, God, may it come and breathe in us and bring us to life. I thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is a pretty popular uh, passage of Scripture. You have no doubt heard this if you have been in church for any amount of time. You have heard this passage read when my son, he's not here so I can pick on him. Miles is sick today. Keep him in prayer. Um, when he was little, his middle name is Ezekiel. 
So we used to, uh, I used to read him this story a lot. And so then he'd bring me the Bible and be like, tell me about the dry bones. <laughs> tell me about the dry bones, daddy. Read to me about the dry bones. And so I'd get the book, I'd get the Bible and I'd read about the dry bones. But I, I felt in my spirit last night as, as, as Pastor Walker shared the word with me. That's why there's so much power in that dollar and 25 cent Bible. There's power in that dollar and 25 cent Bible because it will speak to you. It's the living word of God. Okay. So, so I read it and, and, and I read it and it says, the, the beginning says, the spirit of the Lord, the hand of the Lord was upon me and the spirit led me into the middle of this valley full of death. The Spirit of the Lord led Ezekiel. And I began to think about how that Jesus, right after he was baptized, it says the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness. Sometimes the Spirit of the Lord will lead us into places that we don't think the Spirit of the Lord should lead us. Sometimes we find ourselves surrounded by death. Sometimes we look around and we're just surrounded by dry bones. Sometimes we're surrounded by poor relationships. Sometimes we're surrounded by people who are uh, suffering an addiction. Surrounded by people who, whose relationships have been destroyed with their families. Broken families, broken marriages, broken people. God has put us in the middle. Uh, Steve talked about it this morning. Read the headlines of the paper. There, we are in a valley in the middle of dry bones. We're surrounded by dry bones. I mean, look around. We are. Sometimes even in our churches, we have people who are, in, who are dead. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Sometimes there are people who, in our churches, this relationship with God is dead. Sometimes they, they, are, they care more about getting their... I'm just going to talk plain this morning. Is that all right if I just talk plain? I'm just going to talk plain. Sometimes they're more concerned about getting high, or sometimes they're more concerned about getting wasted or drunk. They're dry and dead. They come to church as a formality. They just come because it's their penance or it's their duty. But they can't wait to get back to their real God. They can't wait to get back to their real Joy, what really eases the pain for them. But what they, what they refuse to admit is that it's destroying their lives. We are, in, we are surrounded by dry bones. We are surrounded by, by people, whether, whether it's us or we're surrounded by people who are broken. We are. And God says to us, God made Ezekiel walk around. He didn't just let him look at it and be like, oh, there's a lot of dry bones there. It says he led him around. He was stepping over death. He was stepping over bones. He was stepping over carnage. He was stepping over... And isn't that us sometimes? We sometimes have to step over things. I love what Bob Goff says. He says Jesus was this way. Jesus got his hands dirty. Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus surrounded himself with dry bones too. Jesus did. Because if you're not dead, Chris Green says this, if you're not dead, then God can't bring you back to life. 
If you're not in sin, then you can't be made right. <laughs> that's why it was so hard for the Pharisees to see their need. And sometimes that's why it's hard for people who grow up in church, like me. Sometimes it's hard for me to, you know, I'll hear a message or I'll read a scripture. Oh, man, if so-and-so could read that. If so-and-so would just listen to that song, maybe they'd get their life straight. No, I need to. I need to read it. Just because I stand up here and I hold the microphone, it doesn't mean that I'm impervious to, to being dead. A lot of people pretend when they preach. A lot of people perform when they preach. I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be dry bones. Okay. He makes Ezekiel walk around and look around. And maybe that's you. Maybe you think, man, everywhere I look, I see dry bones. Everywhere I look around me, in my job, dry bones. At home, dry bones. My relationship, death. And that was, that was where Ezekiel found himself. And then God made him walk around and look at it. Get a real, God said, would you look at it? <laughs> look at it. Well, would you look at it? God made Ezekiel walk around and see the death. There is, a, there is a type of Christianity that likes to pretend that things aren't as bad as they are. There's a type of Christianity that likes to shield ourselves from seeing the world as it truly is. Isn't there? You've, you've been exposed to it. I've been exposed to it. There's a type of Christianity that doesn't want to hear about those um, the, the starving children in Haiti. They don't want to hear about the, the, the people in Africa who don't have clean water to drink. There's a type of Christianity that doesn't, they don't want to see the death. Because we've got it so good here over in our little corner that, I, that, if, that if I don't have to see that or think about that, think about the death that's going on around me. But God wants us to open up our eyes and to look around and see. He wants us to look around the city and see. He wants us to, to look in the paper and to read about it and to see, God, there. There's death all around me. And then God asks us the question. Man, I'm going through my notes quick. You should be really happy. God's going to ask us, can these bones live? Why does God care what we think? Why does God ask Ezekiel? Is Ezekiel going to raise them back from the dead? Is there power in Ezekiel? Have you ever noticed God asks questions that he already knows the answer to? <laughs> That's the kind of God we serve. There is something about us expressing ourselves to God that God loves. Whom do men say that I am? Well, some say that. Well, no, no, but who do you say that I am? Jesus asks all kinds of questions that he already knows the answer to. But he wants us to begin to think about, can these bones live? Can these relationships that I talked about, the, the, the thing that came to your mind when I started talking about um, people you know who are, who are addicted or who, who are bound, can they live? God's asking you that this morning. Can they live? Can these dry bones live? Can they be revived? There's something about God that likes to ask us questions. He's fascinated by, our, he already knows what our answer is going to be, but he still wants to hear it come out of our mouth. That's crazy to me. That's fascinating to me. That's one of the fascinating things about God. Jesus would ask his disciples questions all the time. God asks his prophets questions all the time. God's asking you questions. Do you think that they can live? Do you think that there can, there's hope? Do you think that they can change? The Spirit will lead us to places. Even when the hand of God is on us, he will lead us into places where there's devastation, 
where there's hopelessness and where there are dry bones. Man, what, what Steve talked about this morning goes hand in hand. There is hopelessness and it is destroying people from the inside out. And the Spirit will lead us there. I already talked about that. Aren't you glad? So God says, can these bones live? And what does he say? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a 2019 version. If it had my kids, it'd be, huh? <laughs> hey, can these bones, what? I don't know. <laughs> You're God. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really what Ezekiel's saying. It's like, you know. Why are you asking me? Ezekiel, can these bones live? What's he really asking him? Do you think I have the power to do this? Hey, Ezekiel, can these bones live? Do you think I have the power? Do you think I still have the power to do this? I don't know about you, but I I believe in the God of the Bible. I believe that Jesus said these signs will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will prophesy. They will speak with new tongues. I mean, Jesus either meant it or he didn't. We need to make up our mind. Did he mean it or didn't he? I believe, I believe God's saying to Ezekiel, do you think I can raise these bones? And so the question goes out to you. Do you think, think about the situations in your life that look dead, that you've given up on, the people in your life that you've given up on. Can they live? Can they be changed? Can they be redeemed? Do you believe they can? But do you really believe it? You see, because we, oh, I, we learned this from, uh, from Les Phillips, who, from Narcotics Anonymous. We don't live what we know. We live what we believe. Because I can tell you I know that... Um, it's bad to eat marshmallows in the middle of the night. But I believe the marshmallows are tasty. <laughs> and they're good. I'm not saying that I eat marshmallows in the middle of every night. But it has happened. That's just a silly example. We live what we believe. And if we believe that God can raise the dead, that God can change the situations, then we will begin to prophesy over them. Amen. Do you believe that they can live? Can these bones live? He's like, I don't know. I don't know, God. They're they're lost. But can they live? I don't know, God. They're addicted to, they're an alcoholic. They're drunk. They're addicted to things. God, they're, they're ruining their life. They're ruining their family. But can they live? I don't know, God. But can they live? He's looking for the answer from you. He didn't ask the bones. God didn't ask the dry bones one question. He asked the prophet. And we are all prophets. We are all prophets. You remember, you remember when uh, Moses, um, I can't remember who it was now, that comes to Moses is like, Man, these guys that you anointed, Moses, they're prophesying. We want you to be known as the prophet. And he's like, I would that all of God's people were prophets. Well, well, Moses' prayer has been answered. We are all prophets, priests, and kings. We are all prophets now. God asks you, prophet, 
Can these bones live? He doesn't ask the bones. He's asking you this morning. I'm asking you this morning. Can they live? Can they live? Even the bad situations. Do you believe that they can live? Well, the answer is yes. The answer to to give back to God is yes. Do you believe that the impossible situations in your life, do you think the wrongs, the devastation, the sick daughter, the wayward son, the estranged relationship, the overdrawn bank account, the neglected and abused children that you know about, can these bones live? And most of the time we say, God, I don't know if there's hope. But I believe God's wanting faith out of you this morning. God's wanting faith out of me this morning. Yes, God, we say back to God, yes, God, we don't know how it's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. But we know that it can happen and it will happen through our faith. Okay, so will these bones live? Uh, Will these bones live? I don't know what word I just said there. I made one up. God says prophesy. What is, is, you go to Webster's... um, Dictionary, the word prophesies to utter by divine inspiration. And another, another um, definition of the word prophesy is preach. There's power in the words that you say. There is. There's power in words that you say. The words you speak over situations, the words you speak over people. I believe that, parents, we should speak life over our children. We need to speak life over them, speak blessings over them. When you come up for prayer... You know how I pray? If you've come up, you've heard me. I speak life. I speak healing. I speak wholeness. I speak health into them in the name of Jesus. We are to speak life. There's power in our words. Amen? Proverbs tells us the power of life and death is in the tongue. We do a lot of damage with our mouths. We do. What does James tell us? The tongue is a fire, an unquenchable fire. Who can tame it? We do a lot of damage with our tongues. Speak life. Speak life. And that could be a whole sermon in and of itself. But begin to speak and to prophesy in these situations. Begin to say things like, even if you don't say it to them so they get upset, but speak over them, you will be clean. You will be sober. You will be redeemed. You will be saved. You will be restored to your family. You will be healed. We will be a family again. Prophesy, preach to the dry bones. Speak life over them. Prophesy to the breath. I love that, that, that detail in the story. He says, he said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to prophesy to the breath. Then you're going to prophesy to the bones. The skin came back, the sin, if you're reading King James, the sinews came back, the tendons came back, the skin all came back, the flesh came back, but then they just laid there. And as I read that, I thought of Adam in the garden, Genesis, the second chapter. It says, God made man, and then God had to breathe into his nostrils. Read that, that's fascinating. Here was man. But he did not yet have breath. The first breath that ever was inhaled was out of the mouth of God. Humankind, we've been breathing ever since. And it's the gift that God gave us. God gave the first man. God gave us that gift of life. Amen. I thought of Jesus when he walked into, his, walked into the, 
the crowded room, the disciples were locked in. And it said that he told them, don't be afraid. Then he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. There's something about the breath of God. And and I thought about how, okay, all this, this happened, but they were still lifeless. It wasn't until the Spirit or the breath of God came to them that life came. And isn't that how all of us were? Isn't that how you were before you came to Jesus, before you got saved? You were like one of those dry bones. Keep praying and keep prophesying over those dry bones in your life, those, those situations in your life that seem impossible, and prophesy the Spirit of God. Come from the four winds, breath of God, and breathe into them. Amen. Amen. Even though you're like, well, I've prayed and I've, be- I've started to see some difference, you know, because uh, Ezekiel prophesied at first. And he saw a difference. Bones came together. He started to see a change. But then it wasn't complete. And it wasn't until the Spirit of God, the breath of God came that that lives were changed. Amen. They were, and those people in your lives, the people you're praying for, maybe it's you. Maybe it's you that needs uh, delivered. Maybe it's you that needs restoration with God. You're like Adam before the God breathed into his nostrils. You're like the disciples. The disciples were changed after Jesus breathed on them. I don't know if you've read the book of Acts or not, but it's, it's a little different. The disciples acted a little different in the book of Acts than they did Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were a little bolder. They didn't run. They said, who are we going to believe, God? They, they beat them and said, we don't want you preaching in this name of Jesus anymore. And Peter's like, who are we going to believe? Or who are we going to listen to? You or God? We're not going to listen to you over God. When the same Peter was scared of a little girl around a fire. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, it changes you. Amen? Amen. All right, I'm blazing through my notes and I'm barely going to go into overtime. God spoke to Ezekiel and he said, prophesy. And, I'm, and I felt like that was a word for, for us today. Speak over those situations in your life. Speak over those people in your life. Speak over this church. There are people who should be here this morning, who you know about, who I know about, who need prayer, who are bound by things. Speak over them. We speak over them this morning. We speak life over them this morning in the name of Jesus. We speak healing over them this morning in the name of Jesus. We speak deliverance over them in the name of Jesus. God, bring, a, bring it about. God, it looks impossible to us, but you know. You know that these bones can live. Amen. Amen. John 20, 22, that's the scripture reference that I've referenced earlier. Genesis 2, 7, when God breathed into to Adam, John 20, 22, says, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive ye the Holy Spirit. And then, um, a reference, Acts 2.2, they were in the upper room. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. <clears throat> Prophesied of the breath, these bones will live. Because we serve a God who resurrects dry bones. We serve a God who brings healing to families, who brings deliverance to people's lives, who will set you free, who will set me free. As I was uh, up late, because like I mentioned, I didn't start this message till about 10 o'clock. 
<laughs> Thanks again, Pastor Walker. He will be blocked every Saturday evening from now on. <laughs> Just kidding. But I began to think about my, my great-grandfather, who I never met, but I've heard stories about him. Pastor Sharon's um, grandpa, Ed Garlock. Ed Garlock, when he was nine years old, became addicted to morphine and became an alcoholic. He would have, uh, he had friends that would, um, that were older and they, they would go buy him um, whiskey, I think, or rum or something, and they would, they would encourage him to get drunk because they thought it was fun to watch a little kid get drunk. <laughs> I mean, this we're, we live in a sick world. It's not just gotten sick over the past 10, 15 years. Man has been fallen and, and depraved for a long time. But Ed Garlock was a man who, when he was 44 years old, had a family and was, he wasn't just an addict, he was a mean addict. He was a mean drunk. He would come home from the bar and pull the blankets off the kids and whoop them, wake them from their sleep. He was a mean, rotten man. He was. I mean, I've heard all the good stories about him later in life. But if I had been around back then, I would have went and took his wife and said, we're getting out of here. You're not going to put up with this anymore. It was a different time. It was, what, the early 1900s? Things were different back then. It wasn't as easy for people to get out of bad situations back then. But he was a rotten man. He was rotten to his wife. Rotten to his kids. He's just a bad man. Did not deserve the wife that he had. She was a great, godly woman. She was saved, but she prayed for him. She prayed for him. And God got a hold of Ed Garlock. God got a hold of that man, that mean, rotten stinker of a man who did not deserve his family, did not deserve his children, but God got a hold of him. And the Spirit of God breathed into him. And he became a changed man. He went home. He, he apologized, begged his wife and children for forgiveness, and said, I'm going to be a different man. And he was. And from his uh, children, two of his children went on to become missionaries in Africa. Many more of his children, over a hundred people at last count, are in full-time ministry because God got a hold of Ed Garlock and would not let him go. God got a hold of a mean old man who was dead dry bones because God talked to his wife first and said, can these bones live? And she said, yes. And God's asking you the same thing today. Will you say yes? Will you trust him for the impossible? Will you trust him for the people in your life who you just want to wash your hands of? Because no matter what somebody does, no matter what they do, they are still created in the image of God. They are still image bearers of God, and he still is calling out to them. He's still calling out to them. I'm going to ask Crystal if she'll come play something this morning. <clears throat> 